kind of turned that moment and all of a sudden storm was chasing all this and cabana is in a in a feud with aaron stevens wait what the rock and roll express is relevant again what (laughs) yeah i mean and and enough of this goddamn question mark enough enough he's not entertaining he's not fun He, he doesn't look funny there's nothing to like about question mark except for the crowd deciding that they like him now and since there's only 300 people attendance they can get a guy over without even thinking there is nothing to like about question mark and he's even in the beginning ivrs now yeah i'm not a fan of question mark at all but apparently the way that the reason that the crowd is marking out for him is because he's actually josephus in a mask yeah i mean anybody that anybody that can anybody that looks at him can see that is if you've been watching this product he looks like josephus he's got the same body build he's got the same you know mannerisms well i just hope trevor murdoch kicks his ass because i'm a huge trevor murdoch fan and have been for years yeah i am too um i miss his caden murdoch thing i never really saw him as a singles wrestler uh, i did like the match that he and and all this had I thought that was a fun match, um, but uh, it, that was another there, another thing that jumped out at me about NWA Power, and it's it's hard for me to really talk about this card because it's crap. Um, but why why did the studio have to be emptied so that Aaron Stevens could come out and talk, and then they had this one on one match with just I don't. And then the whole Shakespeare thing and him throwing up. It was just a weird, like, 10-minute segment. I have no idea. It was ridiculous. It ma- yeah, yeah it, because it, it was, right, because it was, it was him and question mark against the, uh, what are those guys' names? The uh, brawlers. No, it, uh, it, was just, it was just question mark against one of those guys. The oh, Osbournes right, or right. something like that. Oh, you're right. Okay. The Osmonds or Osbournes or I don't know, so whatever their name is. But it ended up just being question mark against him and... I, I don't know. It was bad. <laughs> it was really bad. Oh, that's not bad at all. Sorry. <laughs> totally off topic. Um, I, I'm not even sure what you're talking about. Don't even care. <laughs> no, uh, you know, you know. Next year, you and you and Melissa and I are talking about going to All Out too. Um, right. And actually, a week before that, in Wrigley Field, they they have that big Motley Crue tour. Oh, okay. And Melissa just shot me t- the ticket prices for that tour, and it's a lot better than I expected. Oh, all right. Well, I'm not going to that, so... Not, the highest one is two twenty four fifty. That's not bad. No, not for Motley Crue, Def Leppard, uh, Poison, and Joan Jett. So. Anyway. Um, anyway, back to on topic. <laughs> If well, there is a slightly, topic with it's, this, it's slightly on topic, I suppose. But yeah, I know what the topic is I mean, the Rock and Roll Express. That's a Rock and Roll Express tour, and and here we are with the geriatrics hitting a shot at the wild cards for the tag team championship. You know, in the main event. In the main event. I mean, other than James Storm getting a shot at the world title when he was when he was supposed to get a shot at the world title because he lost the match where he was supposed to get a shot at the world title. Um, why in the world? Are the Rock and Roll Express challenging the wild cards for the for the tag titles? I'm not convinced it's actually going to be in the main event. I mean, that's how it's currently listed. But but still, the Rock and Roll Express really. I mean, I right. realize they're eight I mean, time they're eight time NWA tag team champions, but they're eight time NWA tag team champions like 30 years ago. 
You know, what have you done for me lately? Well, he did give us one of the worst Canadian destroyers um, of all time. On Dynamite, not on NWA Power. No, that was on a pay-per-view even. Oh, that's right. It was, wasn't it? I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that was at full gear. You're right. But still, it was not for NWA. It was actually for um, AEW. Right, but still. That's the only thing that got him this spot. I don't know if if my enjoyment of a promotion has, has gone downhill any faster than it has for power. You know, the first no, I mean, weeks I, w- I was super into it. You know, even the first week when you were a little down on it just because you were afraid of what it was going to be like going forward, you know... Um, I was still into it, and I was into it for that first three or four, maybe even five weeks, and then since then, it's just plummeted for me. Since that standoff, whatever that weird little standoff was where everybody that even thought about the main event came out and just stood there and stared at each other, that was the moment it just went downhill. <coughs> yeah. And, and, the next and week we had the... Go ahead. The next week we had the debut of Question Mark, and then we had... Of course you want chocolate milk. Not a good thing what do you say? Please? Uh, I put a little vitamin C in there, so... Some orange juice instead. Uh, no, orange juice is horrible for him. He's allergic to it. Oh, that'd be funny then. Give him some orange juice. <laughs> no, that would not be funny. <laughs> I'm sick enough. I don't want to stay up all night. Are you done? Is that all you need was a little drink? All right, well, next time you can come out and just do it. You don't have to ask. Okay. Okay. Good night, Arlo. Yeah, don't say that. He'll be back in 35 seconds. Okay. Now that I gave him free reign of the chocolate milk. I just I just want to see. I, I know I give Jeff a hard time about Arlo sometimes, but he really is a cute kid. I really like his kids. So. Oh, good. At least somebody likes someone in my family. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're my question mark has come in, and what else were you going to stay on the list? It would, well, question mark came in, then the Rock and Roll Express became a thing, and then you know, Aaron Stevens quits one week dressed in his underwear and a pirate shirt, and the next week he's back attacking people, and he's considered one of the top people in the company. I just Even though he hasn't just, won a single match. Well, he did. He got the pinfall over um, Cabana and Starks. Oh, I didn't see that match. I must have been on the, on the yeah, that was, finale, huh? No, that was like two weeks ago, okay. two three weeks ago. It was uh, it was the week before they had that stupid little nobody in the studio thing. Because um, he was that a tag match? No, that was the night he came back. Yeah, yeah, he won in a tag match, but that was the night that he came back and attacked Starks, and then Cabana and Starks versus Stevens and Question Mark became the main event, and then Question Mark knocked out Ricky Starks and uh, Aaron Stevens got the pin. Oh, okay. So I guess it explains why it's a triple threat match, but it's ridiculous. But why is he considered a top contender? When they were running down their top contender list, they said people like Eli Drake and, and James Storm and Aaron Stevens. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. Back it up. First of all, where was Ken Anderson? Where was uh, you know, some Cole Cabana? I, mean, Cole Cabana it, I, I don't look at Cole Cabana like I did 10 years ago. I don't look at him as the same threat he is. He gets better and better. Um, the more he's back in the ring, 
And I mean, you and I both noted that, but he's not anywhere near that top contender that he was. And if, if the extent of, um, the main event picture is going to be Eli Drake, Ken Anderson, James Storm, and Nick Aldis. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to get really sick of that in a real hurry. Well, you know, before this organization really became prominent, I could see why people would have wanted Eli Drake back for sure. Like you and I did, right? Um, yeah, and, and I, I still see, think I can he's... See, I, I'm, I'm making a point here. I can yeah, see no, no, where sorry. people were clamoring for James Storm to be back. I've never really been a big fan of his, but I know, but I know that a lot of people have been. Um, I can see why people would want Ken Anderson back, and I'm sure there were people that wanted the Rock and Roll see the Rock and Roll Express again, and Aaron Stevens. Not anybody under fifty. And Aaron Stevens mm-hmm. even not under that name, but clearly, the person that's on this card that people were clamoring the most to see was Melina. Are you fucking kidding me? They have treated her return. Like she's like a, some kind of conquering hero, you know. And, and then, all she is then, is really a manager, right? And not anybody that I even remembered even even existed, much less really wanted to see back in a wrestling ring. You know, th- between that and devoting almost half of an episode to Thunder Rosa's um, MMA career, <laughs> that re- that that. Almost those two things combined single-handedly almost just made me want to turn this promotion off for good. Right. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm kind of at that fence with that, too, where why are we wasting time on this? And because of of shows like this and, and Ring of Honor and, um, you know, shows that are just bad, we've gotten away from New Japan. And every time I turn on New Japan, it's a main event quality match. You know, it's it, every single time as a pay-per-view style match, regardless of pay-per-view or not. And here I am surrounding myself with garbage like NWA and Ring of Honor and what they've been lately. And I'm missing out on New Japan and everything they're doing over there. Yeah. And, and as bad as the final as the final battle card on Friday night looks, it still looks better than this card for NWA on Saturday. Oh, well, yeah, at least there's a couple matches on that I care to see. Not many, but at least there's a couple. And I'll probably end up watching both of them, and I'll probably end up commenting on both of them. But I think I'm done with – I'm going to kind of treat NWA kind of like I, I have been Ring of Honor the last six to eight months. I'm just watching their pay-per-views. It, yeah, it, the rest of it is not worth it. And MLW, if they don't really get their shit in gear, and now after their biggest foo-foo, I, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to watch them too. You know, for this for this show right here, I mean, you said you'd probably end up watching it. I, w- I would probably end up watching uh, Trevor Murdoch versus Question Mark just to see Trevor Murdoch, Drake versus Anderson, and then the and then the world title match. That's probably it. Yeah, and that's probably the extent of mine, too. I mean, I, I have no interest at all in that women's match. I, I don't know what they're doing at Thunder Rosa and Marty Bell, but they're not doing it right. Um, you know, Cole Cabana... His matches can be fun. I think him against Ricky Starks would be fun. But Aaron Stevens, Aaron Stevens needs to be a manager, not an active wrestler, because he's good at drawing heat. But that's about it. And I'll say this right now: if the Rock and Roll Express win those titles from the wild cards, I'm completely done with this promotion. Yeah, I won't even watch pay per views if that happens. I'll, I'm just done. Just absolutely done. And, you know, Ring of Honor has me kind of on the fence now after the the way they've treated Marty Skrull. And, you know, now they must realize that Marty's not coming back because they just published a um, 
an interview with Flip San, uh, with Flip Gordon talking about why he became a uh, why he's the mercenary now, and he literally said, "I became a mercenary so that Marty Skrull could uh, could be my uh, could I could be Marty's understudy." Basically saying, "I'm taking over," at some point. Well, you know, the stuff with Kelly Klein also was uh, was a big turning point for me at Ring of Honor as well. Well, yeah, there was that. There was the treatment of Marty. There was the way that they handled this whole Roosh thing. Um, it, it, they've just made some really questionable decisions over the last uh, last few months. Like, Jesus, last half a year. How, what, how, uh, how caught up are you on Impact? I'm a couple weeks behind. I'm jumping back and forth with that. I just haven't had the energy to watch it because i've been trying to keep up on some of this other crap that i probably should just let go away i was wondering if you watched throwback throwdown no i didn't see that what was that uh what was that wwe thing on youtube that they did where it was like a where it was like a fake old-time promotion what's that i don't remember when was that well, they did it for a while, and it was like where they would have like their they would have like their guys dress up as, dress up as other people and and things like that. But that's basically what the throwback throwdown was for for Impact. And it was okay. That could be Impact, interesting. Impact uh, Commonwealth Wrestling Federation or something like that. And it was funny because it was like an entire episode where everybody was playing a different character. Like uh, Sammy Callahan was. Um, a Jim Cornette type character even had like the he had like the tennis racket and stuff and he was and he was managing um, oh, Cumberbund something which was um, Ethan Page actually playing the role of the Commonwealth Television Champion and was and he was in a loser must leave town match also for the title against Downtown Dirty Downtown. Uh, Dirty Brown, I think his name was, which was um, Lily Mack's character. So, okay. There's other things in there that was, that was really, really funny. So I, I think it really good. <coughs> yeah, I might have to watch that. And that was our that was our Thanksgiving week episode. Basically, it was like a, it was like a complete parody episode of like an old school, like '80s, '70s or '80s wrestling promotion. Really liked it. Yeah, and I mean, when you when we look at MLB, and, and I don't know, I, I don't have anything else to say about this piece of crap, um, but when you the uh, I was probably one of the greatest, the same match every, you know, and the, uh, probably one of my favorite favorite wrestlers in the promotion it just was released. And then you've got Marlon, uh, Marlon, Myron, Mar- yeah, um, who I like, but he's really stuck in a gimmick that's not going to help him move forward. And the only real thing that I can even say positive about it now is the weird little um, uh, Tom Lawler heel turn. Other than that, there's not much to really like about MLW anymore, which is sad because I was really enjoying I mean, that was my favorite promo- promotion of the last 10 years, not what less than a year ago. Yeah, but you know they've, they've lost so much, and, it, and they feel so... You know, we shouldn't really care about this, I guess, as wrestling fans, but they feel so small time. You know, it feels like I don't even care about every week, and you know, it feels like there's no room for the characters to grow. You know, Mance Warner, who I who I really enjoy as a character, it seems like he's always in death matches and things like that. He never actually is actually in a regular wrestling match, and I, and I know we could say the same thing about Sammy Callahan, 
for years too. But it just feels like, you know, a guy I really enjoy. I've never seen him in a in a match that I really enjoy because it's always him getting his tongue stapled to shit. You know, it, it's well, always you know the shows always start like you said with injustice doing crazy stuff. You know, we we never really see. Um, I, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't feel like these guys really ex- ever expand out of their niche. Nobody's growing as a character. It feels like we're watching the same show we were watching four months ago. Right. Exactly. It's there's nothing new, and then they try to bring in something new with this women's division, and it fails miserably because they've only got two women. And they you were can't have. For, go ahead. I, I was going to say you can't have Priscilla Kelly go out there and just beat people up every week. That's not going to make a women's division. And I mean, not just beat, not just beat people. She beats them up, beats them up in the back, and she in the, you know, the backstage and and out in the stage. I mean, she's just a lunatic, and all she does is go out there and beat people up with nobody stepping up to face her. And you know, we were so excited about Contra coming in, and and they were great for months, but you know, basically ever since Jacob Fatu won the world championship, now they're doing nothing but cheating to win when they were the were they the dominant force in the promotion before he won the championship. You know, they added that they added that they added that uh missed guy, I can't remember his name at the, off the top of my head. Um, you know, they I can't they, either. you know, they teased for what 6 months that, you know, who, who brought these guys in, you know, who's who's trying to have them take control of the promotion. They completely dropped that. You know, they they dropped the Conan angle with the phone. Um you know the dynasty appears to be going nowhere again. Now they now they cut, cut Teddy Hart and the Hart Foundation, which was so fun, is not going to be in existence anymore. There were at the most it'll be two members. You know Brian Pillman's a, a jackass. So I mean, there's just so much. For, well, and it's and and they, Austin they Aries they was lose. there for what three matches? You know he was Saddam Smith coming in. You know he was there for three matches, and it just it just feels like it's not the same promotion that you and I followed for the last year and a half. No, it, it's not. And then when you look at like MJF, who was the shining star of that of that entire promotion, he's not there anymore, and they replace him with somebody bigger than Hammerstone. And there are there are there are some talented guys there. I think if you look at Holiday and Hammerstone, I wonder how they're going to continue to grow without MJF there. Um, but they've they've grown by leaps and bounds over the last few years. I thought Pillman. Um, regardless of how he treated you, I thought he was getting better. I was liking the way the the low key character is going, but it's it all seems stagnant. It's like ever since Sammy Callahan left, all Mace Warner can do is be in death matches against Jimmy Havoc. Yep, that's literally every single week. That's all he does. It's Jimmy Havoc, Jimmy Havoc, Jimmy Havoc. It's like, can there be anybody other than Jimmy Havoc that he wrestles? Wouldn't that be something? And I mean, and that and that's one thing that I think this promotion has has done um, overall. That's kind of gotten to me is is these feuds. Not only are, do they last forever, which wouldn't be a bad thing, except for that we get the same, basically the same matches. It feels like every week for months on end. You know, it was first it was the Hard Foundation versus um, versus the Dynasty. And now it seems like it's um, injustice taking on you know the th- the same three other luchadors on a weekly basis, and it's like these these feuds never seem to actually go anywhere. And I get it; they do have a much smaller roster, and but you can continue a feud without having each other. It's one of the biggest complaints we've had about the WWE forever 
it's like their feuds are the same two guys in matches against each other every single week. You know, they don't have to be in the match every single week. Maybe Myron Reed could take on uh, um, somebody who's not a luchador for a week, and you know, Gringo Loco can do a run in or whatever, just something to keep that feud going without actually having them in a match every single week. Yep, and the um, the other thing is, oh, I, I just totally lost it now. Oh, with Mance Warner, you know, I mean, you talked about him in that feud with Jimmy Havoc. Well, you know, that stemmed from what was what was actually like a really cool storyline going on, which was that he was going through the entire um, so so uh, the promotion was Delorado Delorado stable, but it, he just went through way too quickly. You know, well, was, he didn't go through anybody. He beat up Ricky Hernandez, who disappeared forever afterwards, and then he's been stuck on Jimmy Havoc ever since. He never got in there against El Hijo or uh, or L.A. Park or um, you know any of these other like Damian Say Say Says. He never got in there against those guys. No, if, if I don't he count says, that. Says. Yeah, and a triple threat with Jimmy Havoc. No, I thought. But not one. Say Say Says first match was against was against him, wasn't it? Was it? Okay, maybe it was. I don't know. It just seemed like you know they, they had a it, they had a great storyline with him avenging the loss of his friend. And they dropped the ball on it, and then now they just stuck him with. But then again, too, it's, I mean, everybody else in that is now either injured or their contract's up, so they're back in AAA or something. Yeah. That's you know, and then what about, what about this? They, they pumped up this working relationship with AAA, how they're going to have all these super shows, and they're going to have, you know, exchanging talent. Why is there not been anyone from AAA on the show? You know, they've got freaking Killer Cross there who people in America are dying to see again. Why not have him on an episode? I would love that. I would love that a lot. You know, they have access to him. And even if his his contract says he can't wrestle in the U.S. or whatever, he can cut a promo. You know, he can do something, anything. I don't know. I don't know how that works as far as, you know, how the contracts work. As, you know, can, can, they, can he be on national television or not? You know. Uh, I, well, they don't have national television. They have a YouTube channel and a Florida-only station. <clears throat> I'm not sure about that. I, I think there are other places I can get that station. You, pr- you, can, sp- probably, you, you can probably get that station. No. Uh, no, I can't. Have you tried? Yeah. Because I, I know that, like... Um, Bully Ray mentioned on on uh, back when he used to listen to whatever the hell his show is again. <laughs> when he used to listen to that, he had mentioned he, was, he could get it on his system. All right, it's a global network of sports channels owned and operated by BN Media Group. Okay. Um, you can watch it on Fubu, Sling, BNSports.com. But it doesn't look like any of the major carriers really carry it. It's kind of more like Access was four or five years ago before they became national. Gotcha. Yeah, it doesn't look like they... I mean, they're a TV network. They're made up of a lot of sports cha- uh, global sports channels. But when it comes to Fox Sports, I think they're kind of taking the back seat to it. Yeah, that makes sense. So, 
You think Teddy Hart's done now? After the whole um, Tom Lawler bullshit, I guess I don't believe it until I see him show up somewhere else. That's what I meant. But, I mean, do you think he's like done as a professional wrestler on a major level now? Because it was this was kind of, you know, nobody ever thought he'd, he'd get another shot, and now he gets a shot with MLW, and now he's well, I mean, a job there. When you look him up, he's actually been fairly active, like, and not independently. He's actually been in some decent-sized promotions over the last 15 years. He had that year and a half where he was in jail over that. And I guess from what it sounds like is that's where a lot of this is stemming from, is he's been in kind of a legal battle with uh, MLW because in 2016 when he went to jail, they didn't have his back and let, uh, let people know where he was actually at, that he was actually there, um, and he couldn't have done those things. But I mean, he when you look at his um, at his career here, he you know he spent time in the you know early early part of the two thousands, well ninety five, ninety eight. He was in WWF. He was in Ring of Honor for and and TNA for a couple of years. Then he was in MLW. Then he went to uh, Jersey All Pro Wrestling for three years, which you know that's a uh, an independent one. But that that also was where he met like Jack Evans and Homicide and B-Boy and, you know, guys like that. I, Jim Neidhart was there for a while, um, granted at the end of his career, but he met a lot of guys there that helped him when he went back to uh, WWE in, in the mid-2000s. And then he was in um, AAA for quite a while, for three or four years. So, I mean, he's been on decent stages. It's just that we haven't really known where to see him. Yeah, I guess when I say a major promotion, I mean someplace that you know we're going to we're going to watch as North American wrestling fans. And yes, I I understand Jersey All Pro is base it was basically for a long time like other than maybe CZW and PWG and ROH like like you know the big you know quote unquote North American indie promotion. I'm well aware of that. But yeah, and I mean, but but the, still, I mean, it's not like he's it's not like he, he had some place where there was an actual audience for North American. To follow, like like we've been, you know, like MLW has been, and like you know, they've they've gotten a decent amount of press in the last year or so since we started following them. But right, um, and I I could see him maybe showing up on Impact, but I think as far as a major promotion, he's not gonna, he won't be in AEW or WWF. I can't even see him going to Japan. Well, but I could maybe see it. Yeah, I I could see him being in Impact for a while. Maybe even going back to Ring of Honor until they fold. He'd actually probably be a really good, a really good fit for DDT, honestly. For where? For DDT in Japan. Yeah, probably. I think he'd fit well in Noah as well. Yeah, probably. But yeah, yeah. I, I but don't. I mean, I, I don't see him in AEW or Ring of Honor or NXT, for instance. I could see him and maybe maybe get into Ring of Honor. Just he won't be in any WWF ring. That won't happen again. He's he's one of those that's probably finally blackballed after his last little tirade. Well, I got <coughs> Fine, brown balled. I don't care at this point. <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't bad. Um, so the, uh, but yeah. I I mean, I guess I just don't really see him going anywhere. And that was kind of the thing we said about Tom Lawler. I mean, Tom Lawler, six to eight months ago, if he had been released or quit or whatever, yeah, I could have saw him in five different promotions. 
but he had such a bad run after winning the title that the only place that he really made sense going to was back to MLW. And it's kind of the same way with, with Hart, with Teddy Hart right now. It's the only place that makes sense for him to be. It is. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see why any other promotion would take a risk on him, honestly. No. No, because you don't know. I mean, unless they do, unless they continue with the gimmick that they started in MLW with him being an asshole backstage. Well, that, that was. So, I, I, just, I just don't see why anybody, why anybody would take a chance on him. Well, there's no point. He doesn't bring anything. Go ahead. I was going to say he's burned so many bridges over the years. You know. Well, not just that. He doesn't bring anything special to the ring. He doesn't really have that charisma that most promotions are looking for. He definitely shouldn't be the spokesperson for any kind of stable. Um, you know, and he, but he does put on decent matches. And a lot of the promotions that are bigger promotions, you need to be able to do more than just put on a decent match these days. He puts on decent matches depending on what you're looking for. And depending on who he's in the ring with. I mean, yeah, there are times where he does put on a really solid match. But for the most part, what he's going to provide you is basically a spot monkey type of of thing. Not always, but a lot of the time, that's what he does. Which is why maybe his best move would be going to Mexico, maybe back to AAA or even CMLL. I mean, I mean, and that and, might, and, and I realize that you know when I see, when I, and I just want to emphasize when I'm seeing that that yeah, we've seen him put on put on better matches than that in the last you know time where, where he's actually told a great story. But right, his bread and butter is really being a spot monkey. Yeah, because he's really talented on it. At it, yeah. I mean, he's really talented. Of course, he's. I'm, taking, I'm, uh, trying not to, I'm not trying to take anything away from him by saying that. I'm just, I'm just saying that's, you know, that's how he is. All right. So let's talk about the other guy that so, got released this week. Well, there were there were actually three others. And before we get on this guy, because I have a feeling this is probably going to end the show. Um, but you know, of course, there were the other the other three: Ascension, which ever since they got their call up in 2014, they're never going to amount to anything. Unfortunately, if they stay in this Ascension gimmick, they'll never, never, ever make it anywhere and Sinkara is just another guy who's been buried for so long that I can't see him ever catching on and being a big time a big time star at this point in his career okay so um, the Ascension and Sinkara are guys that I didn't even know still were had a job so their releases don't count. exactly well yeah exactly and I thought that they gave up on the Sinkara thing when they uh, started running Humberto out there uh, but I guess not so, but and then Humberto, H U M. Oh, oh, okay. Because he's been in a feud with AJ Styles and whatever. Regardless, um, and the other thing that I really wanted to uh, touch on is the Hall of Fame that was announced this year, which is Batista, which I don't have a problem with. Um, but the other one was the NWO. Now, a lot like the issue we had with. Um, the four horsemen is which version of the NW do you go with? Do you go with only the three? I think do you draw to. a line somewhere or do you expand it to the original, you know, six members or well, five cut it off at the giant? 
I would I would say if it were me, it would it would only be Hogan Hall and Nash. That's who it should be because that's where the whole NWA NWO should have ended with those three. But uh, you know how they do crazy things. Yeah, but I but I. You really think they would put, they would put the giant in there? I don't think they'd put the giant in there. I, and see, I don't know. It would be a way for them to get DiBiase in. DiBiase's not in. DiBiase should be in D- a million dollar man, though. DiBiase should be in it. Not that I, re- I, I remember seeing. I, I could be wrong. I am on a lot of cold medicine right now, so. I mean, you're, you're probably right. I just It just kind of surprises me if that's the case. All I remember is when Coco Beware was inducted, I was pissed because DiBiase wasn't in yet. And I haven't heard DiBiase go in since, so. Well, you know, I I was totally against Coco Beware um, being inducted into the Hall of Fame, but. For his WWE work. But, you know, my wife and I, well, my wife and kids and I were were at that Hall of Fame ceremony, and my wife got such a kick out of Frankie shitting on the podium that, (laughs) you know, I'm. I have to, you know, just, you know, have it as a an endorsement now for me just because of the enjoyment my wife got out of it. So. I mean, Coco Beware should be in a wrestling hall of fame, but not as the Birdman in his end of, in his WWF run. He was so good in world-class championship wrestling and, and a lot of these other promotions before he went to uh, WWF that he deserved to be in. Same thing with the Bushwhack. I don't care about any of that. Same thing with the Bushwhackers. I think they should be in, too, for their wrestling attribute, not necessarily the fact that they were the Bushwhackers. Yeah. There was somebody else like that. Like, oh, yeah, like a Lundra Blazer. Von Eric. Well, I say a Blazer's on the Hall of Fame, but not uh, Medusa. You know. Well, they're the same person. I know, but she, but she was inducted as a Wonder Blaze. Was my point. I think that's because that was her WWF gimmick. Not always. She was only in Wonder Blaze for what two years. And she was the champion for those two years. Right, but she was also Medusa as the wasn't she also the champion as Medusa before that? No. Are you Medusa sure? Maselli? I don't think she was Medusa Maselli in in. I thought that was her indie name before she came to WWF. I swear I remember watching Medusa take out Woody Richter at one point. No, that was a that was a Lunder Blaze. You're talking about the WrestleMania match? No. Oh. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Anyway, yeah, enough it, nostalgia it, it for matter. No, I, I didn't. I didn't. I had not seen the Hall of Fame inductions. Um, <laughs> I have no problem with with Batista being inducted to the Hall of Fame. Obviously. I don't um, either. I, I and, think he had a hell of a career. And he's and he's probably you know one of the one of the few people that are left that's a headliner that they could pick, you know? I mean, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that they're doing um, the NWO the same year they're doing Batista because they could probably use another, you could use the NWO as another headliner later on down the road. What? Oh, it's in Florida, though, isn't it? That's why. What, you can have some. Yeah, that, the NWO you know, they have in Florida to. And they're in Florida. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Hey. But why not go with the with Batista next year? You know, if that's the case. I mean, you're you're right. I don't know what other main eventers they could possibly put in. I think they have all the main eventers in now. Well, there's one guy left. But he's still actively wrestling, isn't he? Not if it's the guy I'm thinking of. 
I'm thinking of I'm thinking of I just kind of returned to the fold a few weeks ago. <laughs> okay, I might not know who that is then. Well, I was thinking, you know, CM Punk. Oh yeah. Ugh. If you're going to be done with the WWF, be done with WWF. I know, but is but is he done with the WWE? That's the thing. I don't know. There's a possibility that, you know, <clears throat> in a year's time, he'll be the headliner. Is DDP in? DDP's in. Is he? Okay. I couldn't remember if he was in or not. I want to say he went in the very first year of the network, so like 2004. But I, I remember oh, seeing okay. his speech on there. 2004? The network was didn't come out in 2004. 2014, excuse me. Okay, that's a little better. <laughs> I was going to see it. I bought it the weekend it came out, and I don't remember it coming out back then. No, I, I, bought um, but, it, I, I, I had it within hours that it came out. So. Yeah, I did too. Um, but the, the only other, well, the same thing with Disney Plus. I think Disney Plus went live at midnight. I had it by one in the morning. <laughs> I was I on that. I w- you, know, you know, we actually were going to buy it as a preview, but you couldn't do the bundle. In a, you couldn't do the bundle preview. You had to do, you couldn't do the bundle until it actually was a until it actually was available. So. Well, yeah, and since I had, you know, I already had Hulu, um, and I've always wanted the um, ESPN Plus, it was a no-brainer for me to just get the whole package. Yeah, that's true. You know, I I probably won't use ESPN Plus very much, but I've used it a lot lately because I'm a big Duke basketball fan, and I've been able to watch the games on there. I've been able to watch hockey games on it. I'm loving that. I was actually thinking of buying the NHL package. Now I don't need to. They seem to have a hockey game on every other day. Granted, it's not always my team, but... Nobody ever needs to buy the hockey package. Oh, I do. (laughs) You had to know something like that was coming. I have to buy the hockey package. If I can ever afford it. I mean, Jesus, I have two major trips planned for next year. Do you, do you really see the Ascension getting a job anywhere? No. No. I mean, they they have been destroyed so badly by the booking in on the main roster that this isn't like Simon Gotch, where he was able to catch on somewhere. You know, these guys just, they, they're looked at as a complete joke right now. And they were not very good wrestlers before that. No, they weren't. You know, that, that's, I, I, I guess, you know, I, I guess they're, these are kind of an example of, you know, people that, that are put in that, in that mold of trying to be the next Legion of Doom. You know, and it, and it almost never works. So. The only team I think it's worked for is the War Raiders. Well, whatever they are now. Yeah, that's a good example of one that worked. I totally agree. I can agree with that. I, and I think that's about the only one that's ever worked. I mean, the, the Ascension, they pushed so heavy in, in NXT and made them these unstoppable guys, but the reality is they're both little guys. Neither one of these guys are big and intimidating. Not not by wrestling standards. I mean, if I were to walk up to him, I'd be scared of shit. Right. But by wrestling standards, they don't put the fear of God into any other wrestlers. They actually look tiny compared to most wrestlers. Yes, they do. So it, it's it's not like they were they were they were put in the best position to begin with, and they were made this dominant force that could go through anybody. And then you know when they came to the main roster. 
people that were jokes like the um, colognes were standing up to them. That is another excellent point by you. So, I have so few of them, it's nice when I do. I know, I I I was going to say, I don't know what's going on today with all these excellent points from you. (laughs) Right. Now, the the one that I think is going to pretty much end it all here is, is Harper. I mean, he finally got his release, but is it too much or too little, too late with him? Yes, I think it is. I, mean, I think if he'd gotten his, what is he like, late thirties, early forties? He's thirty-nine now. Okay, I was, he I was, turns I was, actually. I think he was like thirty-eight. Well, he, so yeah, I had it right off. He turns forty three days or four days after my birthday. Okay. So he he's almost forty years old. Is basically what I'm saying. And, you know, if he was released, like, five years ago, I could see it. And you, he was always super talented. I loved his character as as Brody Lee. You know, and I always thought he was the most talented member of the Wyatt family, even including Bray Wyatt. But, you know, they never, they never you know, saw him that way. I, th- I think they tried to see him that way. Um, but they ended up, he ended up getting hurt. And when he came back, he was just never the same guy. Um, they tried to spark it twice with uh, him getting back together once with the Wyatt family and then once um, with just Eric Rowan with the Bruce Brothers. But then they – was it Bruce Brothers? I can't remember what it was. But regardless, they tried to bring him back a couple of – Bludgeon Brothers is who it was. Um, they tried to bring him back a couple of times, and he just never really – they kept trying to break him off and make him into a singles guy. Or he would get hurt at the wrong time. The the funny thing about Luke Harper is I think if Luke Harper had been released back in May, April and May, when he initially asked for his release, I think he would have been at the time with a very small AEW roster, he would have been one of the guys that they would have picked up. He would have been a, a top mid-carder maybe borderline main eventer right out the gate, and I think he could have performed. I don't think he's too old that he can't perform. I just don't think that now is the best. There's really no place. There's nothing outside of maybe Impact that has a spot for him. And I just, I, I guess I just don't know if he's, you know, where his head's at. And if he went into Impact, you know, you could easily see him just becoming a, the fifth member of um, OBE, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's where he would fit best because he's that, got that kind of attitude and everything. Right. And, 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 but if that's the case, then he's no better off than, than when he was Luke Harper. So what's the point? Right. Exactly. Other than I mean, I guess I could. Which I guess, you know, which obviously is important. But, um, but he's never really been a guy that's been great on the mic. That I've seen, anyway. I guess I don't know yes, how he was as Brody Lee. That's what I disagree with. You know, I think he was great on the mic, and I, I always thought he was the best talker of the of the Wyatt family. Oh no, I can't say that. Not with the way Bray was. I, not with with the way Bray is now. Yes, but with the way Bray was, especially in their NXT run, there wasn't a better talker in the in the industry at that time. Oh yeah, I completely disagree with that. <sighs> His, his stuff was weird, but it was captivating. It was chilling and captivating. It was stuff that where he was, the way he was talking in nursery rhymes or whatever it was he was saying was just had you on the edge of your seat at all times. And I don't know anybody else around that time that was that good. 
I mean, CM Punk, that was about the end of his career. And he was still a good talker, but I felt like Bray was just on that level, maybe a little bit higher. And I don't know anybody else that would have been on that level at that time. That's okay. You're allowed to be wrong. I don't know. Can you tell me? Because was, I mean, I was 14, 15. I'm trying to think back. I, the only person that I know around that time that was as good a talker as Bray was CM Punk. And he wasn't around very long. I would say that the way that you're phrasing it is incorrect. I would say that of the guys that had the opportunity to talk on the mic, Bray was, prob- was probably the best. But but if you think back to, to the times that, that Harper had a chance to actually talk, he was at least as good as Bray, if not better. I guess it's hard to say that because Bray would go out and have a five-minute promo where Rowan would come out and say two or three lines. Harper? He was not... Yeah, Harper. He would, and Rowan, Rowan's another one. I mean, Rowan, when they broke him up and had them all individuals, all he did come up was come out, solve a Rubik's Cube, and say how smart he was. Yeah. So it, it's hard to really put a gauge on just how great of a talker he is when he's getting force-fed comedy lines. And I never thought Harper was given those force-fed comedy lines, but I never, I never, I could never see him as being that kind of guy that could carry a crowd for two, three, four, five minutes the way that Bray could the way that um, CM Punk could, the way that even Daniel Bryan could towards the you know, end of his first run. And I think it's simply the fact that we never, got, we never saw Harper get a chance to do it. And that's possible. I, I'm just saying from the little bit that I did see, I could never see him being that guy. And I'm saying, and I'm saying from the little bit that we did, I, I did see him being that guy, and I, and, I was, and I always wondered why they never gave him a better shot at, at that hmm. role. Well, Vince. It's Vince. But, I mean, but obviously, he, w- he had great matches pretty much every time out. Oh, yeah. I mean, that I, that I will give him. He, he was, he's very talented in the ring. I hope he does catch on. I mean, he's 40. You know, he's made a ton of money. He could be happy just riding off into the sunset. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and, and who could blame him for that, you know? Exactly. I, I just don't think he's ever going to be the star that I thought he was going to be. No, and that's a lot of that's because he's been kind of a second fiddle for the majority of his career. And now, like you said, now he's pushing 40. Very rarely do you get a guy like Batista who breaks off as a main eventer after he turns 38, 39. Right. Very rarely does that happen. I mean, Batista was a rare breed that for some reason was able. He had such ridiculous charisma and, you know, he was able to tell stories in a way that you didn't expect a guy his size to tell stories. Like when you see a guy that size, you expect Brock Lesnar, you expect Goldberg. You, you didn't expect him to sell the way that he sold, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, considering and, and, he and, was, and, you know, and people forget, um, at, you know, because, because, because the way history has gone, but, um, there was a time where there's, there was a, there was real debate as to whether who was going to be the bigger superstar, him or John Cena. And he legitimately could have done it if he wouldn't have walked away. Right. Well, if he hadn't walked away and, I mean, he, if, had, and he hadn't got injured at that, you know, he, got, he basically got injured at, that, at the wrong time, too. Yeah, he got injured after that uh, feud with Cena and then walked away from wrestling and was nowhere around. And Cena, at that point, you know, had another six years before Batista even made a slight comeback. Yep. So Cena, Cena was able to build up a lot more momentum because... Yeah, and I think maybe the Batista leaving might have been what 
got Randy Orton to that point too. Could would Randy Orton ever gotten to that point if they didn't desperately need a main event player after Batista quit or got injured? Randy Orton is a is a weird one that we'd probably have to do like an entire episode on just because you know it de- it depends on you know when you're talking about if 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 the stuff was you know if the stuff that happened you know after SummerSlam 2004 didn't happen to Orton then maybe he would maybe he would have been on a trajectory similar to to Cena you know yeah possibly but but because of the way he was kind of like pushed down the card after winning the world title so that Triple H could to you know he was just a transitional champion for Triple H it kind of takes away you know what he could have done in his career in my opinion at that at that well, point and- of that career and not only that, it was shortly after Batista won the title from Triple H this, that he switched brands. Randy Orton never got that chance to switch brands. I think if Randy had switched brands in 04, maybe he would have been that next big star. Instead of, instead of like you said, being fed to Triple H during the power trip. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, getting back to Batista, you know, you and I talked last week about, you know, like, best heel or or most memorable heel turns uh worst heel turns but you know i I, i'll say that one of the biggest pops i ever heard was when batista turned on triple h and oh yeah when he turned and and chose him to have that you know when he won the royal rumble and he decided to face triple h for the title yeah when he gave him the thumbs down yeah yeah that was that was uh yeah that was a good moment but yeah, it's it's really weird when you look back at a guy like him and you compare him to a guy like Harper, who I think Harper has all the tools. I just don't think he's got that overbearing charisma that could drive him to the main event right now, where Batista did have it. Possibly, I mean Batista definitely did have it. You know, it's possible, but about Luke Harper and, it, and just yeah, at this point of his career, he definitely doesn't. No. Um, no. Which is sad. I really hope he does catch on. I'd like to see him someplace. Add back to his Brody Lee character. Maybe see him with a little bit more mic time. He's he's incredibly talented even now. Yeah, I just and don't know where, it is I just funny. Don't, I just don't know where I'd want to see him because I don't think I want to see him in AEW just because you know I, I not really want to push the, the younger guys now. Right. Um, Impact with maybe a tag team with him and Fulton would really beef up that tag team division. That is true. Possibly Ring of Honor, he could come in as a um he could come in as another Briscoe <laughs> and easily <laughs> sell that. <laughs> well, you know, the the ROH crowd are gonna remember who are gonna remember Brody Lee, so Oh yeah, I know, but still it would you know, he could come in as a long lost Briscoe brother or cousin or whatever and completely fit that mold after his Wyatt family run. Or as Marty Girls <coughs> he could be another member of Villain Enterprises too. Yeah, true. That's true. Him and oh Jesus, that's a tag team I'd like to see. Him and Brody Clay or Brody Brody, Brody. Clay. Uh Brody King. Yeah. I've had Brody, Brody Coyle on my mind for some reason all day long, so I've been getting those two mixed up. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were thinking of Brody Clay. No, not Brody Clay. <laughs> I haven't thought about him in fifteen years, and I thank you for bringing him up because now I'm going to think about him for the rest of the day. You are welcome, jackass. <laughs> All right. Well, you got anything else on this one? 
I do not. I think you should tell everybody where we're uh, where they can listen to us at. Unfortunately, this is kind of a down episode. There really wasn't a whole lot of things to talk about, except for I feel like we spent a little too much time on the negative. Um, but that being said, we do mainly we spend a lot more time on the positive, and you can catch all of those replays on our Patreon channel patreon.com slash kingdom of honor uh all of our archive stuff is there including our last well now with dynamite i keep our last 10 episodes up since we do two a week you get five works of five weeks of episodes for free and then it moves to an archive now you can you can access our archive by giving us a very very small donation of five a month helps us out gives you guys access to a ton of content and if that content's not enough we do exclusive shows in fact we're going to do one as soon as we uh hang up here we're going to do our next episode jessica jones that'll be up probably tomorrow Uh, i'm not feeling good so i probably won't get it up today but i'll get it up tomorrow um and that's in our exclusive tier our ten dollar a month tier and you know ten dollar a month subscription uh to us or donation to us that helps us out huge and if you think about it you're getting a ton of talent that's that's worth it and a ton of exclusive talent uh you can also follow us on twitter i'm at regicoop you mean content Content, talent, I don't know. Dude, I have so much medication in me right now. <laughs> I should not have taken that shot of NyQuil. <laughs> um, Does that work on these days? Oh, that's all the alcohol that comes near my body now. Um, but the... Uh, where was I? Oh, uh, at Regi Co-op for me on Twitter, at Zanman, L-O-P for that guy over there. Um, also use hashtag D-A-D for Dynamite After Dark and hashtag K-O-H for Kingdom of Honor. Those two hashtags make every one of my posts, and it's the easiest way to find both of us. Um, YouTube.com slash Kingdom of Honor. We throw up these. These episodes end up hitting there within an hour after we hang up. So this episode should be up by, uh, I want to say about 9.30, 10 o'clock Central Standard Time. Um, you can get on there and you can you can listen to that while you're uh, while YouTube is playing in the background or whatever and uh, share that with your friends. Hit the subscribe button. You know, hit the like button on the video. The, the more likes and subscribes we get, the or, uh, sooner it's going to be that we will actually start broadcasting live on there a lot like Imp does, um, which is a lot of fun when you get a chance to actually see it. So you know, check out those three sites and that's probably the best way to get a hold of us. Absolutely. And make sure you stay tuned to all the other LP radio shows. Uh, Global Impact the Revolution should be back sooner or later. Uh, Sports Entertainment is dead on Wednesdays. Also, as Jeff just mentioned, Dynamite After Dark, right after Dynamite goes off the air, is our show that go, that's, that's on Wednesdays. On Thursdays is Imp show that, again, Jeff just mentioned, called Imp's LOP Radio Adventure. On Friday is the right side of the pond, and then we'll be back with you next week to talk probably mostly about Final Battle, I'm guessing. As that's the ROH's, you know, supposedly biggest show of the year and, and their most and their pay-per-view that's, that's going to happen on Friday. And depending on my motivation, I, we might talk a little bit about Into the Fire as well. Well, you might. I won't be watching it. I'm at least going to watch that Drake-Anderson match. I, I shouldn't say I'm not going to watch it, but I, I, I almost certainly won't watch it next weekend. I don't like I said. Depends on the motivation, but then again, I guess if you're not going to watch it, then I won't either. So there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, we're having my granddaughter over next weekend, so I just don't think I'll. I just don't think I'll take the time to watch it. I'd, I'd rather spend time with her. So. Yeah, fair enough. Makes sense. I would rather do that as well. You haven't even met my granddaughter yet. No, I haven't. 
one of these days we'll have to. My point was that you had was that you had met her, but you'd rather spend time with her than watching than watching into the fire. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I'd rather spend time with both of my exes in the same room than watch. Well, all three of my exes in the same room than watch into the fire. Ouch! Right, that's tough. <laughs> all right, that's all we've got. Anyway, we'll try to do better next time. This is Shane saying long days, pleasant nights, and Jeff saying goodbye. G1 climax twenty-seven. Goodbye, and good night. Bang. <laughs>